Grace, mercy, and peace be yours today from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I hope that you are enjoying the journey through the story as we are in chapter 7, uh, which is entitled, The Battle Begins. So certainly we see that things are going to be picking up. Uh, the main thrust uh, comes from the book of Joshua, where we see the Israelites preparing for battle, right? And uh, there we have what is my favorite verse and also my confirmation verse. So I shouldn't say my favorite. There's too many verses to have a favorite. But my confirmation verse, uh, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Straight from Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. And I, I got to be honest, uh, in coming up with a confirmation verse when I was in middle school, I wasn't really fully looking at the meaning um, I was really just trying to find some that I thought sounded manly. Can I be honest? I didn't know much about the end of the verse. I didn't really think about it. I just heard the beginning. Be strong and courageous. I mean, come on. That just sounds tough, right? I saw myself as Captain America as I got older, where I would be strong and courageous, doing whatever was necessary to help people out. Not Captain America. I don't know. Thor, Spider-Man, Superman. Right, leaping over tall buildings, rescuing people out of vehicles, right, or taking them from a burning building. I'm going to be strong and courageous, so I needed a really strong verse. And I guess that's why I became a pastor. <laughs> to be strong and courageous. Yeah, I don't typically bring people out of burning buildings now. Uh, but uh, anyway, you get the point, right? Be strong and courageous. And that's for all of us. Right, Be strong and courageous. What does it mean to be strong and courageous in this setting today? What does it mean for you uh, to be strong and courageous? Now, when we think about it, uh, the Israelites, they needed this word. They needed to hear this word from God through Joshua that they are to be strong and courageous. Why? Because the last time they were at this particular spot about ready to go into the promised land, they were not strong and courageous. I mean, they were only in the uh, the area for a little while, but it got to the point where they were about ready to go in. And Moses sends out the spies. He sends Joshua and he sends Caleb and some of the other leaders. And they came back and they said, look, the land is good. It is flowing with milk and honey, just like God said. The problem, though, is that the land is inhabited by these really tall people, big warriors, giants. In fact, this is all they could think about. They said, we're, we're like grasshoppers to their eyes. We saw it. They saw it. I mean, it wouldn't be much of a battle for them. And it makes sense if this is such a great land, why wouldn't it be inhabited by the greatest of warriors? No one's going to challenge them on this. I mean, keep in mind that it was a good land, just like God said. So if God said the land was good, and if God said that he was going to be with you, it should have been enough, right? But it wasn't. I mean, you had Caleb and Joshua who would stand up and say, look, no, we should go in. God's going to give us, give us the victory. We should go in. We're going to win. But the others didn't care, right? They riled up the rest of the, the nation, rest of the people. Said, forget it. We're not going to do it. Let's go back to Egypt. <laughs> so fine. God said, you don't want it. You're not going to have it. 
You're not going to go into the land that I promised you. I was going to give it to you, but because you doubted me, you're not going to go in. In fact, we're just going to wander now for the next 40 years. And anybody who's an adult besides Caleb and Joshua, you're not going to make it. I mean, this is such a shame when you think about it. Their sins affects the next generation because the next generation could have gone in so young. They could have been living their entire life in this land. Instead, they have to wait now. They have to wait for everybody else to die off. Of course, after hearing this, the Hebrews decided they should have had a little bit more faith after all. And so they decided to go in and attack the nations that are in Canaan. Uh, But God says, no, don't do it. You already lost it. The damage has been done. I'm not going to be with you if you go into the land now. You're going to have to wait. They do anyway. And they get slaughtered. Everything that they were afraid was going to happen happened. But the only reason why it happened is because they didn't trust God to begin with. God would have given them the victory. Instead, they're left wandering the wilderness. Forty years. So finally, now they have the opportunity. And my guess is if anybody's doubting, if anybody's nervous, they're not going to say anything. They don't want to be wandering for 40 more years. So, okay, God, what's the plan? What are we going to do? How are we going to get in? Well, all right, here's what we're going to do. We are going to uh, march around the city uh, one time. We're going to blow some trumpets and we're not going to say a word. And then the next day, you're going to do it again. You're going to march around the city one time. You're going to have the priests blow the trumpet. I'll be in the ark in front of you. We'll have soldiers before you and after you. We're just going to march around. We're not going to say anything. No war cry, nothing. Just march. Wait, seriously, that's what we're going to do? We're going to... We're going to win the day. We're going to destroy the nation. We're going to win the land by doing laps and playing music. Well, not quite. You're going to do this for six days, but on the seventh day, that's really when the battle is going to pick up. See, you're not going to march around the city one time or two times. You're going to march around the city seven times. And then after the seventh time, when I give the command, you're going to scream loud, blast those trumpets, and the walls of the city of Jericho are going to come crumbling down. I mean, if you have the faith to believe it, this really would be quite intimidating. I mean, consider that for just a second. Consider the fact that you're in the city. You're nervous that this nation that's defeated the Egyptians and some of the other kings are are coming in. You, You know that they're powerful. And what do they do? They just march around the city like they're zeroing in on you. They don't look at you. They don't cry out. They don't give you an evil glare. They just keep walking. All you can hear are all of the footsteps, the armor that's clamoring as they walk up and down, and just those trumpets blasting away. That's all you hear. Nothing else. That's pretty intimidating. They do it one day, then another, then another. And maybe you start to get used to it. And so that seventh day comes and they go around again and you see the same thing. Okay, maybe we're going to be spared again. But this time something different happens. They go around twice, 
three, four, five, six, seven. Just me counting it out seems to take a while, right? But imagine if you were to watch this for the better part of the day, not one word was uttered. The, the deafening sounds of nothing but the stomping and the blaring of the trumpets. This would have been completely nerve-wracking. You know something different is happening on this day because they're circling in on you and they're not stopping until finally all of those outer walls that were made of stone just crumble at the sound of the, the trumpets blaring. I mean, you know you're in trouble when the walls come down just because of the music and the screaming. You know that you can't fight, that there's no use fighting. You can't stand a chance when the army is winning like this and they didn't even have to lift a finger to bring your main defense down. I mean, this is absolutely incredible. And what does Joshua say as the people get ready to go in? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Well, how about it for you? Does anybody here need to hear that word? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified and do not be discouraged. In fact, it actually begins by having God say these words, have I not commanded you? There's a command here. Be strong and courageous. Because let's face it, there are going to be times when we need it. In fact, doesn't it take strength? Doesn't it take courage to march into that funeral home surrounded by friends and family, knowing full well that everybody that passes by to shake your hand and offer their condolences, they're all going to ask you the same thing. They're all going to say, are you okay? It takes strength to be able to look these people in the eye, knowing time after time you might actually lose it in front of one of them. It takes strength. It takes courage. Sure, you want to rescue people from a burning building, but sometimes it takes courage just to stand up for those people who, who are weak. Sure, you want to rescue people from a, a car accident or an automobile. You want to be able to pull them out, but, but sometimes it takes courage just to, to stand up for what's right. Maybe standing up for the unborn. Some people across the world, it takes strength, it takes courage just to actually get up in the morning and go to church on a Sunday because you don't know who's going to be there to possibly persecute you or to arrest you or to do all kinds of harm against you. Haven't I command you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. But it takes strength. It takes courage to actually take some of your funds, some of your hard-earned money, and place it in the offering or give it to somebody else, trusting, having in faith that God is still going to provide for you and take care of you. It takes strength. It takes courage to walk into your work each and every day knowing that the cutbacks are coming that there might be a pink slip waiting for you. It takes strength and courage to get to that point of retirement and you know that it's time, your body's telling you it's time. At the same time, you're worried, wondering if it's going to be enough. Be strong and courageous. It takes courage 
to go into life trusting that God is the one that is ultimately going to be the one that provides for you. This God that you really cannot see with your eyes, you just see his fingerprints or footprints and you see that he's working through people and in people, but you can't see him the way that you'd hope to see him. And you're just supposed to be strong and courageous in faith. Take strength. It takes courage to walk this walk of faith. It takes courage to raise up children on your own after your spouse abandons you. It takes courage to have that child. It takes courage to have that adoption when you don't know the past history of that individual that you're adopting. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. And to not be discouraged. Why? See, I think that's the question to ask. The the thing that I ignored and didn't think about when I was picking that confirmation verse. And, and that's what you find is really the hope that anyone could have for the Israelites and yes, for you and for me, is when God says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, do not be discouraged. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I mean, hasn't that really been the theme all along through the story? And isn't that really the theme of the scriptures in its entirety? Israel has nothing to fear because God is with them. God is on their side. This is not going to change. God is with them. Yes, they blow the horns and the walls come down. That's what I love about this story, really. The the chapter is titled, the battle begins, but really, I think we should change it. Not from the battle begins, but the victory begins. There really isn't much of a battle. It's not a battle, at least not for Israel, because God is the one that is fighting this battle before them. He is the one that is going before them into battle. He is the one that is going to bring down the walls. He is the one that is orchestrating this this whole event. So what do they have to fear? What reason do they have to be discouraged? They have zero reason because God is with them and is on their side. So really... This is a victory march as they march around Jerusalem. That that cry is not a battle cry. It's a victory cry as they know God has given them the victory. They're not marching into Jericho and the rest of Canaan to take the land. They are going into that land to claim the land that God has already given to them. He has already promised them. He has already declared that it was going to be so. The victory is theirs. And brothers and sisters, in a very real way, real way, the victory presently is ours. It's yours. Because the victory took place when Jesus stepped foot on the earth. He didn't have to circle around Jerusalem, though he would wander into Galilee and then finally made his way there. But he didn't have to, but he did. He wandered his way, not circling around Golgotha, but he headed straight to the kill zone with cross in hand. Because he knew exactly what he had to do in order to win the battle, in order to defeat sin, death, and the power of the devil, and to give that victory to you. And that's when he did it. That's when he went to the cross, and he didn't give a battle cry, no. He gave a victory chant when he declared, It is finished. 
because it was finished. The separation between God and man had now been completely bridged. The gap was gone. The curtain of the temple was torn in two. God could now be with man because of this battle, because of this victory where Jesus won it all on that cross. And of course, three days later, when he rose from the grave and then ascended on high and would give his spirit, we know that God still dwells with us, that he reigns with us for all time. Therefore, you and I, we can be strong and courageous. We do not need to be terrified. We do not need to be discouraged. And it's not because of our own inner strength. It's not because of our intellect or because we're just so good. No, it's for the same reason that Israel didn't need to fear. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified and do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So when you go into that funeral home, he's with you. When you go into that nursing home and you hear the words, there's nothing left we can do, he's with you. As you march into that job, as you go into the unknown, he's with you going before you, walking alongside of you, however you want to picture it, but you're not alone. He's going to be with you always to the very end of the age. Amen.